Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Restoration Church podcast. I'm Benai Gagney, and I'm here with Pastor Nate and Pastor Steven. Hello, hello. Hi. Uh, appreciate you being here, Benaya. Uh You've been hanging out with us all summer on Mondays and Tuesdays while you've been out of school, but unfortunately it ends this week because you're back to school on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Horrible. It's sad. <laughs> Everyone starts like in three, four weeks and I have to start so early. You've got to look to the end. So when you're out of school three weeks ahead of everybody else, that's what you need to focus on. Oh, I get along. The destination, not the, not the drive. Right. Yep. Hey, Benaya, uh, one of the things I love about you is that uh, I remember a few weeks ago you were not, your dad was not here. You were gone, uh, passionate for uh, some meeting in Florida. Florida. And then uh, I pulled in to your the house and you know mom was like oh michelle was like oh i could have stayed but he said hey no i promised dad that i'll be here on tuesday mm-hmm. um, and i really that really struck my heart and said wow he's only 14 but he's already setting a pace for his life that he'll be consistent no matter he has a choice to make right, right. he has a choice mm-hmm. he has his own life he can do a bunch of Stuff like a teenage guy, like video games, but he's like constantly, all right, no, I've made a promise. I'll go to mm-hmm. the church, I'll put the church stuff and be there. So thank you for being constant. And, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I learned that, all right, like I may have choice in my life, but I need to be consistent in my life. So love you, man. Thank you. Thanks for that. Love you too. Yep. And he's only 13. Oh, 13. Why'd you have to tell him? I convinced all the pastors I was 14. You won't get any birthday gifts when it comes to your birthday. Yeah. Like, oh, you were already 14 to me, so I'm not going to celebrate it. No, because then I'd be 15. (laughs) Uh, A lot of people don't know we have something called apprenticeship. Um, We've This is our second summer we're doing it. Don't worry about your chair being loud. People just think it's your old achy bones. Yeah, I know. Um, The... um, we have something called the apprenticeship, which is not anything we advertise and just, this is the second year where you do it. We just invite a handful of people to come be a part of it. And so Benaya has been helping out with that on Tuesdays, um, sitting through stuff, but mostly getting things set up, like setting up coffee, waters, chairs, etc. cetera. Um, anything that you learned through this summer, Benaya, you want to share with your apprenticeship or... About the church, anything that you just think is cool that you um I don't know. You <laughs> <laughs> put me on the spot. Yeah, the spot. sorry. You can interrupt. That anytime. the church is fun. Like on Good. Sundays it's not that fun, but then when you come through the week it's like the best. You think the meetings are more fun than the services? No, just joking. But no, they're both equally fun. Good. I didn't know that was a joke either. Oh boy. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. All right. Well, anyway, we are in the second week of our series, Villains. And we talked through Scar and Absalom. And yeah, I mean, I don't know where to start on this. We could poke fun that you've probably never seen this movie. Yeah, I we had a blast last last podcast. I was like, I praise and thank the Lord that Pastor Nate didn't ask me to preach on this because I'll be like, I have, I'll have no clue on what to speak on because I've never watched any Disney movies. Like it's not in my. So I'm like, all right, Scar, all right, who's that? You know, so. Well, to be fair, it's a little bit like when we used to do the Anthem series. And I have to talk about songs and artists that I've never listened to <laughs> my whole life. But that's kind of the same thing. You just research. Yeah. Yeah. If you put but me yeah. in the spot, yeah, then I I'll might watch in it. a couple weeks. I'll watch it in like 
six or seven times to just get the story off. If I it. get a stomach flu in two <laughs> weeks, I'll call you up on Sunday morning. I'll pray Thanks. for a healing. Hey. <laughs> I'll counterattack. Uh, you're up, <laughs> Ursula. Oh boy, from the Little Mermaid, Stephen. You got to talk about oh, her. Oh boy. Yeah. Then, then um, you will have your firing paper notice on your table <laughs> ready. <laughs> But uh, I think one of the things that uh, that while you started uh, talking through, maybe even before, like just watching the clip of that uh, uh, that clip that showed uh, at the church. I always uh, thought it's really important. Uh, it's really important uh, who you have in your life, right? Because yeah. uh, the lions, two two lions, you know, they were family, but one was evil, and one was pushing him to go. Hey, there's something happening right there. Go, go. But his intention was different. His right. intention was all right. He will go, he'll get attacked, he'll be dead, and then I can be the king. So I was like, wow, that's really key. Like I can I can hang out with somebody else and their whole intention will be different mm -hmm. than me caring for them, me. And a lot of times I think like even maybe you have more experience personally being a pastor for all these years. Maybe you have seen a lot of stuff. All right, I care for this family. I care for this guy. I poured in whole my... 90 plus hours or like 100 plus but their intention was different or like it was just no gone nowhere so i really felt oh my gosh like i shouldn't be letting anyone and everyone just speak into my life or like you know i should be careful home because they can speak death and i wouldn't even right. know so i really loved that part oh, i was like wow that That really yeah I think that's a good mm -hmm. that, that's a good thoughts on that It, you because you never do know someone's intentions and you want to be trust you want to trust people but also you need to be on guard so I don't think this is as much true for restoration but I know it's true for other churches but people try to be friends with you only for the status of it We're friends with the pastor. All right, right. We go to their house. We have, yeah. and they use it as a a weapon against other people in the church. Mm. I don't think that happens here because I just don't think it happens here, just based on my personality. But it may happen with location pastors. I'm not right. sure. But that, I think that's something that I see true for other churches. They only want to be friends with the pastor and his wife mm. for the status. Right. We're in the inner circle. Mm. And, and so I think that's goofy. I think the other part too is I think back like in relationships and stuff. So if you're married and you've got a coworker that you're friends with at work and you just think, yeah, there's just someone I talk with at work, but right. you don't know their intentions mm. and their intentions are for a trophy. Right. Right. I, you know, another person that they've hooked up with and They're, or maybe even more malicious, like they're just, they're trying to break up your marriage mm. and you never know their intentions on why they're a nice coworker. Right. They're trying to, they're trying to use you. Yeah. Or, or even a dating relationship, right? So why is that girl at school talking to you? Um, they're trying to, trying to use you. And that probably connects to something Aaron Holt talked about in the podcast mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. You know, that older girl trying to take advantage of his younger son. Right. And he's unaware, like she's got really cruel intentions um, and he's he's not aware. Pastor in your experience, have you, uh, how do you differentiate that? How do you, uh, maybe for the listeners, uh, how do you differentiate, uh, maybe it's, it's new for you too, how do you differentiate between uh, knowing that, you know, they're, they're having a good intention and a bad intention. Like, so I've never, I probably never really thought about it. I, something that popped in my head is the leadership principle, trust, but verify. So say that again, trust, but, but verify. Oh, yeah, so that's yeah. a leadership principle. I've never thought of it in the, in this relational aspect of it, Yeah. but it, maybe it's the same. I don't know. Let me talk about it out loud and everybody can, we can figure it out together. Yeah. So on the leadership mm -hmm. is if I, 
if I give you leadership over something, if I delegate something to you, if I give you authority over something, I trust that you're going to do the job or I should never give it to you. So I don't micromanage mm. you. Mm. I trust you, but I'm going to verify that you're doing what you're saying you're doing. Right. So I trust Benaya with his phone, but I'm going to verify mm, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. he's yeah. using it the way we've prescribed. Right. I'm going to trust that you really do want to be my friend, but I'm going to verify through prayer and right. through your actions and your mm. character mm. that you are someone that I should, Right. you know, that you aren't just trying to use me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and people try to use you more often right. than and- you think because I have... People think I have a platform, mm. so they want to use that. Oh, if I scratch your back, will you promote my business? Right. Will you? I remember someone leaving the church many years ago because I didn't promote their book from the stage. Like, mm. oh, I just thought you wrote a book, I and you gave it to me, and you wanted me to be proud, and I was. But you didn't want me to be proud. You wanted me to promote. Mm. I didn't realize. I didn't have that conversation with them, but it was kind of internal. So yeah, I think trust but verify because you don't want to be distrustful or cynical or critical. Or, right, right. That's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you don't want to trust everyone. And next thing you know, some scam artist is taking out your bank account. Right, right. Do you, uh, it might be different, but do you let everyone speak into your life? How, do, how does it differ? Everybody has permission to speak, but I don't always listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you elaborate more for so, new, new listeners? So, right. So I think the for a pastor, um, one thing that we're taught, because you're always getting critical e- emails or letters. Yeah. So you don't ever listen to anybody who writes anonymously. So before you mm. read a letter, find out if it's signed. Mm. If it's not signed, don't read it. Right. Because if they don't have the courage to write their name, you don't need to waste your time right. letting them deposit negative thoughts about mm. yourself or your ministry in your head and heart. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. Oh, I got this letter. Scroll down. Who's it from? From no one. Crumple, rip, shred. Right. <laughs> I'm not even going to waste my time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... Other part is like, if you're here, we're in community, like I'm always going to listen. But I remember like people who are brand new, I'm, I'm, I'm not really going to listen. I remember being a youth pastor for U-Turn many years ago and we were having U-Turn, but there was an event happening on the other side of the church as well. And so this couple comes in, um, Hey, can we check out your youth ministry where we we're starting to be youth pastors at our church? I'm like, Oh yeah, great. Come in, check it out. And so I'm showing them around. I mean, there's probably 45 or 50 kids at youth group that night. We're having a lot of, it's a good time. And they begin to tell me what I'm doing wrong in the youth ministry. Oh, wow. you shouldn't have middle schoolers and high schoolers together. It's not yeah. a good, whatever. It's not, it doesn't work or whatever. And I'm like, doesn't work. I got 50 kids here right. in Barrington, mm-hmm. New Hampshire. There's 4,000 people in this town. Right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to listen to you. I, I right. mean, I, I, I was really, I was probably angry at first. Like, how dare you? But, right, right. But then kind of at first, like, wait a minute, I don't have to be angry. They're mm. just arrogant. They haven't even run a youth ministry before. How are they going to tell me how to do it? So mm. I'm not going to change my ministry based on some people I've never met before telling me I'm doing it wrong. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in scripture that tells you how to do youth ministry. Right. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. unbiblical in how yeah. we're doing it. And so that's some of that. Um, if someone says, hey, I feel like I got a word from, of the Lord for you. Mm. I'm always ears up because I don't, I'm, I'm ears open. Yeah. All right, well, share it with me. Yeah. Sometimes it's way off base. And I just politely say thank you. Sometimes I have no idea what it meant. And I yeah. just, all right, God, if it's from you, help me yeah. determine what it means. And sometimes it's right on. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to miss those right on moments. Let me piggyback on that. How do you navigate through that? So if someone comes to you, like in the church context, someone comes to you, hey, Pastor Nate, I have a word from the Lord. And... Uh, I'm hoping that you will share it in public, right? That's that's people's thing. Right. Hey, I'm going to the pastor and he's going to share it with the church. And uh, 
but you don't, right? And now I'm like, well, why didn't you? You know, like I got the word from the Lord. And so how do you navigate as a pastor? How do you, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, fend and just leave them there. But t take us through your process of navigating through those. Uh, I bet like you being experienced. Right. Ultimately, so I, ultimately I'm in charge, right? And, right. and, and you guys at your locations are in charge. There are pastors when they're running their services, they're in charge. And so if someone comes in, if God wants to interrupt it, all right, he'll interrupt it through a person or through something. We miss it sometimes. Right. So if the person bringing me, hey, I just feel like God has something to share and I get it wrong. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I, I just don't feel it in the moment. I'm not going to do anything with it. Like maybe it's just for you. And maybe I missed it. If that person doesn't have grace for me to sometimes make a mistake and then maybe they get angry. I'm not going to listen. They, they, they've right. lost their right to try to speak into our services because, because if it's, Hey, here's a, here's a letter that God wants me to give to you. Mm. As soon as I hand that letter to you, I'm not mad with what you do with it. I'm just, delivering the message. Right. But if all of a sudden I'm like, how dare you not open mm. that letter the way yeah. I told you to? Like, wait a minute, who's the letter from? Or, right. Are you the mailman? Or are you the, right. the letter writer? All right. And so um I and it's kind of a it's kind of a matrix, but how they respond if I tell them no, mm. that's usually the biggest clue. All right. Um I remember back when, you know, 2001, 2002, I'm away in college, mm. but Restoration Church is my home church. I come home in the summer and some of the people I know my whole life aren't at the church anymore. Mm. And so you kind of get like, hey, where's so-and-so? Oh, they don't come here anymore. Oh, why not? I'm like, well, I don't, I don't really want to get into it. I'm like, oh, so I, you kind of leave it be, but right. eventually I'm, I'm patient enough. I'll, I'll find out the story. All right, all right. <laughs> Just... As they, as the pastor trusts me more, he shares more and more. And there was um, 2000, 2001, 2002, more than one instance of someone coming to the pastor and saying, God gave me this word for the church. Mm. And the pastor's like, all right, he didn't give me that word. No, you need to do mm. what God told me you need to do. All right. Wait a, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they left and and spewed hate and made a scene mm. and took people with them because the pastor didn't do what, what they, they what God told them they needed to do. Right. Okay. God can give me a clear word. Right. Pastor Stephen, this is what you need to do with your life. Right. And it's up to you whether or not you wanted to do it or not. And I should never get mad that right. you didn't do it. Right. It's your it's up to you. Right. Mm -hmm. If all of a sudden I'm getting mad at you didn't do you, that, that should tell you, Stephen, that I didn't hear from God. Right. I'm trying to manipulate <laughs> you, and I'm using God as a big all weapon, right. right, to get mm -hmm. you to do what I want you to do. And the devil's pretty brilliant too. All right. So the devil is gonna come in and say, "God gave me a word. Leave your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Burn down the church. All right. And give me all your money." Right. That's God's word for you. Go mm, do it. Like, mm. uh, <laughs> yeah. And God is not a God of confusion. You know, if God speaks to someone, uh, you know, and we, as you said, we take it and we pray about it. You know, God will show us the clear path. God will talk mm -hmm. to us, you know, hint us, hey, this is that, this is that. Or like if, you know, and it also shows our heart, right? Like, uh, as you talked uh, in this in this series this Sunday, uh, you know when uh, when the people said, "Hey, let's go kill him," David said, "Hey, no, no, don't do that. You capture him, bring it. You capture him, don't kill him. You know it shows his heart. Hey, right. you know, you know, my son. I love my son. I don't care what he's done to me. I love him. Yeah, you mm -hmm. know. So I really like that. It really shows uh, where your heart is at. Uh, and your leadership, it shows like everything just as David in this character, uh, you know, it's a real, 
real leadership <laughs> leadership lesson that you know we can learn from this hey he's given choice and but that's not his heart that's not where his heart is he his heart is different so yeah that's awesome anything um, you want to add into that but um how did you nav navigate when you became pastor like how did you when the people leave how did you deal with that or he just smiled and said Adios. No, I mean, <laughs> not everybody's kidding. the same and not everybody responded the right way. Yeah. If people came and talked to me, like even if I didn't agree with the reasons they're leaving, I'm gracious. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't try to necessarily try to convince people to stay. It, it kind of depends on the conversation, but the angrier people are, usually sometimes I, I, I'm just like, hey, we're leaving because I hate this about the church and you and... Mm your face. I'm like, right. all right, well, thank you. Can I pray for you mm. as you leave? Right, right. <laughs> God, mm -hmm. I just pray you bless them and mm. help them on their way. And there's nothing you could, like, What? why would I want to keep someone around who hates me and hates the church? Mm -hmm. Some people break my heart. But again, I'm just praying that, I'm just praying for them and to try to keep an open door. We mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. had some people over the years leave and come back four or five years later. And I'm glad that we kept that relationship that they were able to come back. And there's mm -hmm. people who've left recently. And my last conversation with them was, hey, if you don't, if you can't find a church, please come back. I'd love to have you. We'd love to have you here and right. try to keep that door open. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it's God's church, it's God's people. And mm -hmm. try, to, try to live with an open hand. Right. I like mm -hmm. that. Uh, maybe not a lot of people know about the open hand concept that uh, you talk about. I don't think you you shared it in all staff for sure and other staff meetings. But I, I feel like know. I maybe even talked about it on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. David held the palace and his title and his throne and his with kids. an open hand because mm. he'd rather protect the city and his son right. than try to fight to keep what even was rightfully his. Absalom mm -hmm. was a hundred percent in the wrong, but he didn't even fight over mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna honor God. Right. right. Uh you can be a great leader, but have a wrong intention in your heart. Yeah. Right. Uh mm -hmm. uh but you know, sometimes we in non intentionally get into that habit. All right, oh, Maybe you talk down on people, but you never know that's happening because it's already a lifestyle in your life. Uh, is there any practical ways that you do things differently, Pastor Nate, that, uh, that something intentionally you work on? Uh, being a better leader, being... Uh, let, me, let me rephrase. What were some of the things... Uh, that you knew, all right, this is a bad quality in me that I need to work on. There's, I would say I have a lot of Absalom tendencies. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, elaborate. Can you elaborate? To uh, if I were in charge, I I would do it better. Mm. I, I mean, I've wrestled with that a lot. While I'm, and then I just got it. Well, I'm not in charge. So God, if you want me to be in charge, here's what I'll do. Right. And then I mm -hmm. just leave it there. Like I, I, I wrestle with that a lot. Um, I remember being young and being frustrated and venting to people who I had no business venting to. Um, if a decision didn't go the way I thought it should, I don't know if pouting's the right word, but. Yeah. Everybody knew I didn't like the decision that was being made. Right. And mm -hmm. then giving half effort in whatever the decision that was made, like not giving my full heart behind it. Like I had a lot of Absalom tendencies and I'm probably still tested by those, but I feel like, you know, I feel like my latest test I've, I'm passing with, with a A minus. <laughs> so nice. I feel like it, I'm doing all right with it. Right. I failed a couple of questions, but overall, an A minus according to Co Brown, not according to 
you know, when 70s are failing, that, that grade <laughs> scale, not 60s failing. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, that remind uh, that just reminded me to ask you a question. How do you how do you uh, pick people who can speak life into you? You know, like how do you how do you know? All right, I'm letting. So for me, uh, you're one of my mentors. You're my pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can speak into my life. You know, but. Uh, In so, your circle, it might be different. Like I I'm your to, pastor, but I can speak, but it's not like, all right, it's your, you'll have your circle of people that you, like your coaches, your mentors, your people, elders that you look up to. How do you pick those people? Like, all right, I'm letting them, I'll have them speak over my life. I'll have them, when I have struggles, I'll go to them so that I can get, you know? Yeah. How do you pick those inner I try to learn from everybody. So that's part of it. Um, and some, I think most of the people I just fell into. Mm. Sometimes it's, there's some people I've gone to at different times in my life and they hurt me. They didn't help me. So I won't go back to them again. Mm. Um, sometimes you go to some people and they give you bad advice. And it's not because it was, like not the advice I wanted, but because it was like, no, just in my wisdom, I know that's bad advice. And so right. it's not a well to go get life from. Mm. Um, so it's trial and error and it changes over the years who the people in my life over the, the last year weren't in my life three years ago, mm. like some of my main contacts. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it just changes. and Yeah. Mm. Anything you want to add, Benaya? Um, how do you, so how do you pastor without pride? Like, how do you do things without Ooh. having a prideful attitude? Wait, so you're saying your dad has a prideful attitude? No, no, like, <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. At home, <laughs> you don't see him. <laughs> I can cook better than you, Michelle. I, yeah, right. I would never say that. I'm happy for every meal I've ever received. <laughs> the, how do you, how do you leave without pride? Yeah. Um, stay humble or God will humble you. I think that's the, mm. um, when I worked at the church in Texas and I got fired and I had to go back to Bible college after for my senior year after I left yeah. to go take this job at this huge church. That taught me a, that taught me a few big lessons. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm no better. I'm no better than anybody else. So I have different giftings. Um, God's graced me with different stuff, but I'm no better. And what help, that helps me too is I tend to um, feel worse than others. Mm. And so mm-hmm. then I'm no worse than anybody else. God just gave them different stuff to steward than he gave me. And so what am I going to do with what he's given me? Mm. And um, trying to pass the credit on. One thing I had to learn probably 10 years ago was saying, we, mm. we did this instead of saying I did this. Oh, whose idea was that? Mm. That was amazing. Oh, I know we came up with it together. Who, the villain series. Wow. Whose idea was that? Oh, we came up with it together and like not taking the credit right, for myself. Right. That's a big one. And that's how I do it. So mm. I just deflect it. And so sometimes I'll give credit to people who had nothing to do with it. Wow. You have amazing children. Well, you know, thankfully there's a lot of good stuff on YouTube these days. Right. Like it has, <laughs> like obviously I don't say that, but. You know, but I. I thought you're, you're just making fun of YouTube, the, like the last two, the two podcasts ago. I, I, I was trying to come up with something on the spot. All right, we don't, we don't have a script on what we're going to talk through, but, <laughs> but deflecting, just deflecting, and and for me, that's probably the biggest practice that I still have to do, and uh, it's not the Nate Gagney show. All right, and mm-hmm. occasionally people will press like, well, who really? And I'll like, oh, well, that was my idea, but the team. Right. Really took the idea and made it better. Right. So we all get the credit. Mm-hmm. We have an amazing team, not an amazing Nate Gagney. 
because on my own, we wouldn't accomplish any of this. Mm -hmm. So that helps too. Mm. We serve the Lord together. They don't serve me while I serve the Lord. Yeah. Right. Some people, you can give me your guys' opinion. Some people were really mad with that opening clip from The Lion King. How, you know, there's a lot of comments on the the Facebook group. Yeah. uh, For for a second, I thought it was, they're joking. They're like being. Because you never saw the movie. You started laughing. (laughs) I heard people in the back crying. They were like, no, don't die. They'd much but rather yeah, have I the- did see a lot of a lot of comments after church. It was just over there flooding. He could have gave us some warning that he played that clip. Well, here's the warning. <laughs> it's about a villain. We're, a- <laughs> We're not playing Hakuna Matata here. <laughs> oh, boy. All the people that came from online. Wow, what a first week back. Yeah. Someone dies. Uh-huh. Just wait till this next week. Now, I think that's the saddest clip that we have, but... The next week? No, we could do a series from Psalm Father to the Fatherless and play all these movies from Disney clips where the dad dies and the kid's an orphan. Oof. It'd be every movie. Every movie, someone <laughs> is like an orphan. <laughs> anyway. Why Why do we have our lowest number this week? I don't know. Because Simba. Um, because Simba's dad died? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> they knew it. So Maybe God orphans. spoke to them. But, uh, uh, Nate, how, like, you talked about repentance in mm-hmm. your sermon. And uh, especially, uh, you know, living living in the United States. Uh, for at least four or five, six years, uh, I have not seen a and importance given to repentance in the culture. And uh, talk us through how really important uh, is repentance for a believer, right? Uh, because uh, in, in order for us to be a new believer, repentance is key. Like that's the mm-hmm. major uh, heavy... He- the major weight is on repentance. I'm not sure what it comes from, right? So we could do probably this theological dive. I don't know if it comes from the high Catholic influence here in the Northeast because I've never been Catholic, but from my understanding, you go to confession. Mm -hmm. You just confess what you've done. You You do a couple maybe prayers, but that's it. There's nothing about, hey, change the way you're living. Right. It's just, you just confess and then that's it. So I don't know if it comes from that. Um, I think there's part of the culture too that no one says I sinned. They say I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Well, mistakes are one thing, you know. Mistake can be like, all right, I did it by mistake, and sin is kind of like sin I'm is repeating. grievous yeah. toward God. It it's damaging to our soul. It, yeah, not a mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you die of heart disease? Well, I made a mistake. What was your mistake? I ate Kentucky Fried Chicken for breakfast, lunch, and dinner over the last forty-five years. Right. Oh yeah, that was a mistake. No, that was a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Send to your body. Yeah. You chose to do it. Right, yeah. And so that's the other part of it. So we don't want to call sin, sin. Mm. It's a mistake. Right. Or even, it's not even a mistake. It's who I am. Yeah. And then it's, why well, we just confess. Confess and go back and do the same thing. Right. So that plays into it a lot. Why, like how or why, why is that we don't call sin sin. Uh, why Why do you think that's that's not prominent? Like, is it because like we get, we were taught that way or like, is it because we are in that, we don't want to, we want to protect something or we don't, like- Yeah, we don't want our sin addressed. Mm, we like when we, other people's sins addressed. We point mm-hmm. fingers in. So- 
Absalom killed kills his brother. Right. No problem. Oh, I, he he flees for a few years because he's afraid of his dad killing him. But he's glad he killed his brother. Right. Now his brother raped his sister, which is bad too. Yeah. But he doesn't. He that's the sin he's pointing at. Not my sin of murder. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm because what I did wasn't. Mm-hmm. How dare you call that sin? That was justice. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, he did to my sister. Yeah. That's sin. And mm-hmm. so we flip it. Mm-hmm. That's not sin. What they did was sin. What I did was justice. Mm-hmm. Or what they're doing is sin. What I did is my identity. It's my lifestyle. It's my, it gives me, how can it be sin if it makes me happy? How can it be wrong? No, it's not sin. It's from God. Mm-hmm. And we and we flip it around. So how can you call it sin? Right. It's, uh, it, it's, I don't, if you call it sin, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to change everything in my whole life. Mm. Mm. So don't do that. How dare you? All right. Talk All about right. their sin. Mm. Talk about the other people. Yeah. Even uh, I think last week, Pastor Victoria mentioned, look into the mirror first, you know, clean your inside and then try to clean the outside, you know, like yeah. when you clean inside, it will automatically clean your outside. And Speaking of looking in the mirror, remind me of last night when we were driving. We were driving home from Fuse, and the beautiful orange pink sunset over the mountains. Yeah, and um, and and it was just like me and the teenage boys in the car with me. It was like, man, God, you know how amazing God is. Mm. Look at His creation. <laughs> Every time you look at that, right. it's just a realization of beautiful. how good God is. And and back to the mirror comment, like that's the same. Thing. Every time I look in the mirror every morning, God, what an amazing creator you are. Mm. You create the most beautiful. What's <laughs> 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 going on? <laughs> so uh, I think my dad's asking for prayer right now. How yeah. do you deal with pride? No, that's Guys, he has blindness. That's being funny. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> we talked about repentance and now he's like blind. He's yeah. blind. Blind. Uh, yeah, that's good thought. Uh, because we, I think, I think even we can get to a mindset where uh, we can get away from sin with no repentance, right? Uh, like, oh, I did this. All right, it's okay. But God forgives, so we don't repent. You know? Uh, do you think that it is important? To repent. Uh, you have to repent. Right? You mm-hmm. have confess to. Confess and repent. The, you have to confess not, that what you did was a sin. And you have to repent. You have to turn and walk the opposite direction. So Jesus at the, um, Jesus, when the woman was about to get stoned right. for being caught in adultery. Yeah. What does he say? Hey, I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. Which, wow, amazing statement. But what does he say next? Go and sin, sin no, no more. more. Yeah. Hey, you're struggling with those temptations. You've acted on those temptations. Right. You're in sin. Listen, I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to throw stones at you. Right. But now that you've received my grace, right. go and sin no more. That's right. the repentance. Mm-hmm. Not go back to your five, right. you, you, to your living boyfriend, which is or to the adulterous relationship, to mm-hmm. the, no. Now that you received this grace, go sin no more. Yeah, so like repentance is not an option for a right. believer. It's a it's a it's a mandatory thing that hey, God, I sinned. I know I did this. I'm asking forgiveness. Like it should be a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, like it's not an option, but it's a lifestyle we need to carry every day. Uh with him, that relationship, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You think about it, you know, when over the years as I've talked with couples who are struggling in their marriage or going through a divorce and one spouse is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I hurt you, I'm sorry I did all these things. But then they keep doing the exact same things. They keep right. cursing at their spouse and yelling and not communicating. And mm. if you were really sorry, you'd stop doing it, mm. right? Well, that's mm-hmm. the repentance part of it. Mm. If you were truly owning your sin and how you're treating mm-hmm. your spouse, you'd repent and start living a new way. Right. If you say, I'm sorry, and continue living 
the same way. You were not sorry. Mm. You were trying to get mm. out of consequence. Right. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Listen, I think we're, we're not running. Well, we're running out of time because I got an appointment. Thankfully that's running a few minutes late. Uh, anything, any, we'll talk about books here. We definitely got a book to talk through, but just anything that you wanted to talk through Benaya on, uh, a part of it that we didn't give you a chance to yet. Um, going back to before your mirror joke, um, my mom, she always says, take the plank out of your own eye. So stop looking at other people's sins. And if they're sinning, then you're also sinning. So instead of saying, oh, I'm just making a mistake or I can't stop doing this because it's how I, I live. But then when someone else does it, you correct them or you yell at them or even you're sinning, but you're yelling at somebody else because they're also sinning, but it's different right. sins. You're still both sinning. So you're, and God says all sin is equal. So you both are like pretty much doing the same thing, but not. So. Right. Yeah, and I would speak to this as well. All right, on the flip side of what you just said, sometimes we won't let people call out our sin because of the sin they have in their life. So one, I always heard, I heard so many times, someone's getting drunk all the time, and someone calls them out on their drunkenness and their drinking, and they say, "Well, look at you and your gluttony." Mm, mm. So how dare you call me out on my drinking when you're Right. overeating. Like, well, right. no, it doesn't work out that way. You can't just ignore your sin because the person you pointed out has another sin. Mm. Yeah, you know, Sin is mm-hmm. sin, and it doesn't matter who's bringing it before us. We're responsible before God, right? not before we need to repent. the other person. So we, we still, like, I wouldn't give the person a satisfaction, <laughs> but I would still mm-hmm. quietly in my prayer closet go before God and like, hey, I received that. You're right, that is sin. I lay yeah. this before you. Right. We should repent. We don't repent for other people, pretty much. No matter who bring who, no matter who points out our sin, we need to recognize. Wait a minute, is this sin? Oh yeah, it is. I better repent. Not right. to the person. So if a child points out a sin of a parent, I'm not going to say you shut your mouth. You're my kid. No. Yeah. I'll do mm-hmm. whatever I want to do. Yeah. No. I like. Right, well, you got me. Mm-hmm. It is a sin. Right. And then I'm going to, I got to respond to God right. that my sin was exposed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, one last thing here that I had, I wrote some notes while I was writing this sermon because I didn't get to get to it in the message. But we're saying, um, we were talking about revenge, taking revenge in our own hands. And we're called to never take revenge, but trust God that he's going to avenge us. Right. Well, mm-hmm. that's a hard time because God doesn't usually do immediate revenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it yeah. does happen, but rarely. Right. Usually it looks like, you know, the wicked are continuing to prosper mm-hmm. and God's doing nothing about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So God's reluctance toward immediate revenge. I think one thing that we see is David crying over Absalom's death. Mm-hmm. God sees even our enemies as his children. Right. And so he, he mourns over their sin and their death. And if he's going to serve justice, he mourns that. And I think about, what, you know, one of my favorite passages of scripture in Second Peter, um, God's not willing that any should perish. perish. But then later on, God's patience is for our repentance. Mm. So God's not dishing out revenge because he's still waiting for us to repent. Mm. Again, keyword repent. Yeah. He's still mm-hmm. waiting for you and I to turn from our sin, mm. for your for your enemies to turn from their sin, for the right. people who harmed you to turn from their sin, mm. that he they that he would be able to instead of him pouring out his wrath on them, right. that they would instead receive the forgiveness from the mm. wrath poured out on Jesus. Right. That's what God wants mm. for his enemies. That's a good one. For our enemies. Right. He wants salvation for them even uh, for showing us to carry that, right? Uh, being patient with other people as well, being patient yeah. with mm-hmm. the church people or attendees. Maybe they might say something bad, but not like get out or like you're not shunning them, but having that patience, you know, uh, to learn through it, through the yeah. process. So, mm-hmm. 
Good ones. All right. Any, uh, well, we got a really easy book recommendation, but now did you um, we talk, wait, not a book, but, Oh, go ahead. Um, we missed rebellion. So we talked about rebellion, but, um, can you explain like rebellion and disobedience, disobedience? Like how can you tell you're being rebellious and how can you tell you're being disobedient? Like, how do you find out the two? Um, I think rebellion feels good. Rebellion, mm. you're trying, you're trying to put it in the other person's face. Mm. So, um, if you're taking a balloon and making it make that shriek sound, yeah. and I'm like, "Hey, don't do that," and then you wait three seconds and then you do it again, just mm. so you can get that. Yeah. I'll do whatever mm. I want. That's the because what, how does that make you feel when you do that? When you get that. Good last word in. And so that shows you rebellion. Mm -hmm. Sin feels good for a season. Rebellion feels good. Disobedience, there's usually a brokenness connected to it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, all, all you and your brothers are all different. Some of your brothers, when they were three years old and they'd do the wrong thing and I'd say, why did you do that? And mm -hmm. they would start crying and put themselves in timeout because they were broken over <laughs> the disobedience. Invented. Um, yeah. I was thinking about Abram more specifically. Abram, uh, Abram, no. And he would start crying and immediately he would put himself in timeout. Uh, like 10 minutes. <laughs> because he realized I disobeyed. I didn't want to disobey you. I wanted to please you. Mm. And so mm -hmm. the response, but the rebellious person laughs, says, no, I'm not going to change anything I'm doing. I'm going to do whatever I want. You tell me to sit down, I'm going to stand up. You tell me to stand up, I'm going to sit down. You're not going to control me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that there's no brokenness over sin. In fact, there's a delight mm -hmm. in, in the fact that you got the last word in. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that's, that's a good why one. it's so dangerous. Rebellion yeah. puts you in more danger and disobedience doesn't. Yeah. So I, I think we talked about this yeah. in the car ride last night. When, you're, when your parents say, don't play near the road, the rebellious kid plays in the middle of the road. Mm. And so they put themselves in more danger, mm. but the disobedient kid still plays near the road and then gets caught. Right. And so the, because you were rebellious, you put yourself even further in danger than your parents were trying to keep you from, mm -hmm. or God was trying to keep you from, right. as opposed to yeah. getting caught doing what you weren't supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So, Good one. Um, good questions. Do you, can you think of the book recommendation? I made you, I paid you to read it. Yeah, I was thinking of that one. We talked about it in the in the podcast. Yeah, Aaron Hall said uh, Three Kings or something. Tale of Three Kings. Tale of Three Kings. So it's actually a really good book. What do you remember from it? Or you, um, it why was, should people read it? Um, it teaches you, of course, but the the Three Kings, I would think it was David. Um, one sec. I'm going to look it up. Don't look it up. I, uh, Saul. Do you remember? Yeah, Saul, Saul, David, David, and Absalom. Absalom, yes. So those are the three kings. So mm -hmm. how when Saul was king, how did he treat David who wasn't king? And when David was king, how did he treat Absalom who wasn't king? Yeah. And the three different characteristics of Saul trying to keep what what wasn't his anymore. Just like the song in sight and sound. Absalom trying to get what wasn't his. And then David, when God told him the throne's yours and he waited 10 years to get it and the throne was his and someone tried to steal it from him and how he responded in, in all that process. Mm -hmm. So the Tale of Three Kings, Aaron Holt says he reads it every year. Um, it's one of those books. It's probably the most common book that I hear people read every year. Um, and it's why I paid you and your brother to read mm -hmm. it. It's just one of those character forming, oh yeah, let me remember how mm -hmm. I'm going to act and who I'm going to be remembered as. Do you know who made it? No, you can look that up. Um, Another good book, um, if you're called in the ministry, is called. By John Zick. Yeah. What was good about that? Um, first, of all, first of all, I like books that are interactive. So I like you can write stuff inside the book and you learn from it. But pretty much it was him talking about how he, he, when he was young, he wanted, he was called in a ministry and how as a young person and as 
someone that is young called into ministry, how they can still pursue ministry, even at a young age mm-hmm. and how there's going to be people that don't like that you're doing that, but how you can walk through that and still follow Jesus and follow what he wants you to do. Right on. Awesome. Uh, Tale of Three Kings is written by Gene Edwards and um, it's currently three ninety nine at thriftbooks.com. Except for it's $611 at Bibles in bulk. That pro- as a case. So if you want to buy a case of Bibles, it's $611. What the? Um, yeah, I think um, uh, another, just a podcast. Uh, we were listening on the drive over here this morning, uh, the Gerald Brooks podcast. I recommend him at periodically, but it was the danger zone of leadership. He was talking through a podcast that came out yesterday or today. And, uh, Again, like Absalom lived in the danger zone and it it took him out. Mm-hmm. Cost him his life and his legacy. And, and his hair. And, <laughs> and his hair. His hair. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Any final thoughts, Pastor nope. Stephen? Nope. Mr. Benai, yeah. any final thoughts? No. Praying for you and every other high schooler starting school this week. And uh, summer's coming to an end. It was sweatshirt weather one day this week. Sun going down, time to put on the sweatshirts. Yep. It's... My mom's mad that I don't wear sweatshirts in the It's August. Winter. We should be talking about winter. But fall's coming. For those of you who like uh, pumpkin spice lattes, I think September 1st, they pop up in Dunkin' Donuts near there you. you. Go. Right around the corner. There you go. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye.